Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Bricktown Breakdown. I'm here with my co-host, Hunter. Hunter, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. A little sad, but, you know, it's how the tank's going to be this year. Yeah, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday night, a couple hours after the Thunder's preseason game against the Bulls. And uh, I just wanted to know what your overall thoughts were from the game. Uh, well, you know, first half started off pretty well. We had our starters in. Uh, Horford is playing pretty fantastic, I thought. Well, you know, usually whenever uh, we always get the the washed players, apparently, and then they come here and they start playing pretty well, we could flip them for some good assets. I think Horford's definitely going to follow in the footsteps of Chris Paul. He played pretty well today. Uh, he shot two for four from three, six for ten from the field altogether, about fifteen points. He was just a pretty, he was just a positive in my opinion. He was grabbing some difficult boards, boxing out guys. Uh, had a couple and ones in there too, and uh, I thought he just played pretty fantastic. And he he can definitely like you know uh, help mentor the young big guys if it's like you know Bays or Roby if Roby is still there. Yeah, but uh, he's uh, he did pretty solid. We're definitely going to see a lot of pick and pop with SGA and Horford, I, th- I think, as well. Uh, saw a little bit of that today. Shaded, oh my gosh, Shaded also pretty amazing, I thought. Uh, it seemed he stepped up his game defensively as well. I think uh, him and Bay is sort of focused on getting their footwork right and getting some upper body strength in the offseason. And it showed on the court today, a couple steals for, let me see, what is that? Uh, yeah, one steal for Shea and one steal for Bays as well. Yeah, they did pretty good. They uh, stood their ground. There was even one in particular play about Darius Baisley. Uh, he was driving through traffic and uh, up against four Bulls defenders, he put up a tough shot. He uh, banked it in too. That's something you probably wouldn't have seen from rookie Bays, and it's good to see him uh, slowly progress. So uh, I thought overall our, it seems like it's going to be uh, our starters putting up pretty decent minutes and uh being pretty competitive and our bench is going to come out there and you know help us with the tank <laughs> eventually as soon as our, our bench got out there it started to stink up a little bit uh, not really great shooting from anybody except for probably Teo and uh, Frank Jackson they played pretty great today I thought and uh Lou Dort he didn't really impress me today he went actually zero percent zero from seven from the field and zero from four from three so I thought that was pretty disappointing, but it's his first game back. He was him and Bay's been gone though for a while, so is Horford. So uh, I thought, you know, pretty decent from the starters. We need to see some improvement from our bench. Yeah, from the big four from tonight's game, where Horford, Baisley, Shea, and Dorrit, um, I think it's pretty much a guarantee that those are going to be four to five starters opening night. Yeah, and three to four had a pretty good game. Just like you mentioned, Al Horford played like the Al Horford that was advertised. He uh, did a good job doing a little bit of everything when it came to scoring, passing, setting screens, uh, grabbing boards. He uh, he did a good job in his first game with OKC. He was impressive. Uh, with Shea, he was another guy who did a really good job, and he continues to impress as he's become the number one guy on the offense now. He attacked the basket well. He was really aggressive, and that really paid off as he went to the line six times in just 19 minutes. So, And that was like a big uh, – criticism for Shea last year was that he wasn't getting to the line a lot so this is just a positive sign that uh, Shea is going to be able to like go to the basket create contact and get uh get uh, shots at the free throw line I thought the exact same thing I, I you know there's some plays in there that uh you can tell that Chris Paul really rubbed off on him a lot of the and ones in there the little trick shots he had up there it looked like uh 
you know, his old mentor left a, a pretty significant mark on him. So it'd be good to see what he can do with a stretch big as well. Horford's caliber. So I'm really excited to see what they can uh, accomplish on the court. Right. And um, with Baisley, he had a pretty good game. I mean, nothing really pops off in the box score, but if you watch the game, you can see that he set his feet right. He was defending well. He, there was one play, I think the first or in the first half where, uh, Basley did a good job at like uh, staying in the post, defending the post, and forcing tough shots. And that was something that Basley was talking about during training camp was becoming a better defender. And today showed some of those uh, skills that uh, Basley uh, was looking to improve in. And uh, with Dort, um, he shut the ball. He didn't shut the ball well, obviously. And that's understandable because he missed most of training camp. And he, really, he looked like a guy that, uh, was just trying to get uh, into shape and in conditioning. So nothing too alarming with Dort. Um, his defense was uh, as good as I remembered it to be. But, uh, yeah, that, that's about as much as I can take away from a preseason game when it comes to, like, these four guys. Outside of them, I think the best guys on the team were Teo. He had a pretty good game. Not as good as his first game, but still a pretty good game. And, like you said, Frank Jackson shot the ball really well, especially from free. And those two were like the only those two guys who stood out the most that didn't include the big four. Yeah, I hope we see a lot of them uh, running the second unit. Maybe they can make something out of it that wasn't shown today, at least. Uh, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, they're both pretty good at uh, passing the ball, being the uh, focal piece of the uh, offense whenever they're on the court. So hopefully we see a lot out of them in the regular season. I definitely want to see them both uh, shoot the ball a little bit more because they were absolutely lighting up the nets whenever they did have the ball. And Teo's uh, uh, form looks absolutely stunning and beautiful, too. I loved watching him uh, shoot from three. Just looked amazing. Do you think it's a little bit concerning that our second-round pick is outperforming our first-round pick thus far? I don't think so. We all we all know about Teo. I mean, <laughs> we definitely talked about it a lot in the last pod, Tony Parker, Tony Parker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Teo has a lot more experience. He's a lot more, you know, rounded of a player right now. But uh Poku, he's just a young kid. He's the youngest player in the league. He's uh pretty skinny too. And he's already shown that he he's he's shown little spurts of what he can become as a player. So I think with a little bit more time in the gym and a little bit more experience on the court, he'll be perfectly fine. He'll get up to that uh caliber, hopefully, that we are expecting him to be. Yeah, Poku had a bit of a crazy game again this time around. There is there are some shots and positions where you're like, oh yeah, it's pretty obvious that this guy is only 18 and he's playing in the NBA. <laughs> like yeah, some, I I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like some of the freeze who was jacking up, you can just tell that he was rushing it, and like it was just and the results showed as well because there were some really bad missed freeze there too that was that were nowhere near the rim. Yeah, he went one for six from three today. So that's an indicator right there. <laughs> but yeah, Pokey's going to be one of those guys that's going to take a couple of years to develop just because of how his body is currently built. A couple of years of like NBA training and NBA diet should uh, really benefit somebody like Poku. I agree. But like you said, um, I don't really think it's that concerning that Maladon has played better than Poku. In fact, I think it's what we should be expecting because, like you said, yeah. Maladon has more experience. He's more polished of a player. He's played against uh, other pro players overseas. So this should not be that big of a surprise for fans. Yeah, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. What do you think of Justin Jackson, the fifth starter from tonight's game? 
Yeah, uh, this is a, wasn't a really great performance from Justin whatsoever. He wasn't the best Jackson on the court at all. Uh, three <laughs> for 11 from the field. <laughs> One for four from three. That wasn't too bad. That's still not the best. One for two from the free throw. He was a net negative 24 on the field when he was out there. And uh, he played, I think he played a bulk of the minutes too. They had 24, uh, second leading only to Teo with 30. Uh, I, he definitely needs to be better out there. Uh, he said he was going to work on his three-point game, the back what it was when he was in Sacramento. Uh, you know, whenever Shea was dishing and diamond out there, he got uh, Justin to shoot one three from uh, – and I, it looked pretty well going in, and he had pretty good uh, mechanics on that. But uh, just the rest of the game, he looked kind of sloppy, you know. Try, when he was getting to the rack, it kind of uh, looked like he was rushing the shot and didn't, you know, he wasn't converting a lot. And his defense looked a little mediocre as well. Uh you know, he needs to improve a lot, and he's definitely going to need to improve a lot if he wants to see some valuable minutes on the court. And if not, maybe we'll probably just have to flip him for what we can, maybe cash considerations or a second rounder. I'm not giving up any hope on him yet, but he just did not look uh, – he did not look as great as he should have. But then again, uh, he's he's missed uh, – he missed the last preseason game, and uh, we're definitely going to need to uh, see a little bit more improvement. I'm not going to completely uh, crucify him right now, but he's definitely going to need to pick up the load work. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's not a good game, but, like, it's nothing to, like, over overreact about. He didn't shoot the ball well. Yeah. He fouled a lot. That's probably my biggest concern from his game is that he picked up three fouls in just 24 minutes. So hopefully mm-hmm. he gets to clean that up a bit once game starts to matter. But he didn't have a good game, but, like, there's nothing that Wonder fans should lose sleep over when it comes to him being poor tonight. Yeah, I agree. So, um, I think three players need to be cut in order to finalize the rosters. Is that correct? Yes, three players. Yeah, three players. So, with two games into the preseason, who do you think are the three most likely to be cut? Now, I think the consensus for the two for two of them at least is got to be Kendrick Williams and uh, Isaiah Roby. But uh, after what I saw today. We've had, uh, you know, T.J. Leaf, he was playing 17 minutes last game, and today he uh, sat out, and I thought that was kind of strange. I think uh, Ty Jerome is out with a injury, per se, and uh, Hill and uh, Muscal are being sat out. There's no reason to think they're going to get um, cut whatsoever. Darius Miller is also sitting out, but I'm pretty sure uh, that's just the coach's reason, too. I don't think he's, like, you know, I would probably say that T.J. Leaf is probably going to get cut from what I saw today over uh, someone like Darius Miller because it's also a money saver too. And I just thought it was pretty strange how he T.J. Leaf got a bulk of a lot of the minutes, 17 minutes to be exact, of the Spurs game. And uh, today he played zero minutes. So I, I think that might be an indicator that we might see T.J. Leaf uh, being cut. I have to ask you this. If T.J. Leaf yeah. played for Tony Parker's team, would you still feel the same way? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> That'd be a tough one, Clemente. I don't know. <laughs> I have to rethink at least <laughs> but for me um, <laughs> the three guys for me as of right now are probably Schofield Williams oh really and probably uh, Brown if I had to guess so uh, I need, I want to ask you why you think uh, Schofield I mean just looking at tonight's box score he only played eight minutes and it's, he's shown that He's he hasn't he's not that good of a player so far this year, and the Thunder already have their big setup with Horford and Muscala, 
And um, yeah, that's about it. He's probably the odd man out when it comes to uh, deciding who uh, is left over at the bottom of the roster. Oh, controversial take. Taylor's never coming back to the pod. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But this is kind of off topic, but I thought uh, Patrick Williams had a really good game from the Bulls. Yeah, he did. Him and Kobe White both had a pretty good game, I thought. Kobe White especially. But, uh, yeah, Patrick Williams is showing to be – he's a solid rookie, and uh, he's showing that, he, you know, he deserved to be picked uh, top five. And I hope he does show out because I want nothing but success from the rookies this year. Show that they belong on the court. So uh, hopefully this is still a long and successful career for Patrick Williams, especially. And hopefully he cracks some minutes in uh, Donovan's rotation and doesn't fall any deeper with any bad play. But I hope he does really well. And he looked really well. So let's hope for good think, minutes for Patrick Williams. Do you think Presley's already having buyer's remorse choosing Dagnall over Donovan after tonight's game? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to think about that one. No, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> so, Clemente, uh, I know today that you got a access to the pre- and post-game pressers. Uh, I was wondering if you uh, could let us know what were the t- main takeaways from the guys that were available to speak. Ten. That's a long list. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, the, I mean, the only guys who spoke post-game were uh, Baisley, Moses Brown, yeah, Roby, Isaiah Roby. Yeah, um, nothing really too much to take away from them. They all spoke politically, politically correct answers. Um, you know, just basic player speak. Um, I'm surprised. I was surprised to hear that uh, Moses Brown compared Coach Dagnall to his former G League coach from last year with the Texas Legends. Uh, he said that they're both player-friendly coaches, so... That's been one of the main points of emphasis from the players about Dagnall is that just how player-friendly he is, which he probably picked up from with his time on the bench with Billy Donovan. So that's another good thing, especially with such a young team. You want your coach to be able to connect with the young guys, and that will be really beneficial in situations that are, that are difficult, like benching guys, stuff like that. So being able to like be a player-friendly coach, I think players will be willing to take those tough decisions better really hoping tonight that you'd be able to ask uh moses brown how he thought of michael cage's comparison of him to hakeem elijah <laughs> whenever he knows <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how michael cage is man every guy who wears stuff under jersey is like comparable to a nba hall of famer <laughs> shout out to michael cage <laughs> greatest color commentator of all time no cap there Dagnall also mentioned that Frank Jackson has gotten better in the short period of time that he's been with the team. And he also said that other players with uh, similar circumstances have also been getting better with the team. So I think that just points out how good – I know this might sound cliche, but, like, how good the culture is with the team, how they're able to bring out the best of anybody and stuff like that. I was just going to say I saw one quote you uh, posted about – I forgot which player it was talking about picking the brain of Al Horford. It was Moses Brown himself, Hakeem Olajuwon reincarnated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it should be the other way around. Another legendary dude. <laughs> <laughs> Gal should be going to Moses for advice. <laughs> oh, man. So how can I dream shake as good as you can, Moses? Please tell me the secret. <laughs> but 
uh, one more thing about the pre the pressers is uh Dagnall said that he thought Baisley did a good job on defending uh Lori Markinen. And that was just that just goes back to what I said earlier about Baisley doing a good job defending in the post and defending in the perimeter. So um yeah, that's just another thing I wanted to bring up about Baisley's defense and how Dagnall was able to see that he was uh pretty good defensively tonight. Yeah, that's pretty interesting considering I think uh, even Bay said during the off season that he was definitely gonna work on uh, more of the defensive side of the ball. So it's glad, I'm glad to see that he's more focusing on that as well. Uh, we already know his offensive game is pretty polished, so it'd be great to see him become more of an all-around uh, player. So tonight we also saw the Thunder's new court in full flesh. No photos or anything. You were able to see it with your own eyes. What, what do you worry. think? <laughs> right. What do you think of the court? <laughs> oh, it looked really nice. It looked really polished, too. Like, you know, new Thunder, new era as we were discussing last week, looked really well. The blue really stood out, too, and I, I thought it looked really nice. And the white lining, you know, you never really think how much it would stand out, but the white lining really did stand out, and it stood out in a good way, too. The old black lining, you know, it uh, it kind of made it look a little darker, but this white lining with a little bit more of a lighter blue just kind of brightened up the core a little bit. Yeah. It was, it was, it's, there's a lot of blue, but, like, it's a good shade of blue. Exactly. Nothing that'll make you want to, you know, throw up or anything. Yeah. Didn't Chris Fisher bring up how the word was gone? <laughs> yes, he did. I think Chris Fisher is a listener of this pod, actually. That's our new theory here. Shout out to Chris Fisher. So the word is gone. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Chris Fisher. Oh, man. <laughs> but, like, in non-funder-related news, I think the biggest news from the past couple of days is the fact that Giannis decided to sign his five-year Supermax extension with the Bucks. I think it caught everybody by surprise. Um that caught you by surprise. It did. <laughs> I was going to mention, like last part, I said that he wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't sign it. But, like a day later, he signed it. I think like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Let the record show that I said he was staying. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what are your overall thoughts on Giannis staying? Now it's a huge, huge win for small market teams. First off, it made uh, all of us small, small market teams really proud, and it also uh, can possibly impact the future of the Thunder as well. Now, with uh, Giannis gone, that's a key piece in a 2021 draft free agency class that is uh, going to be not more focused on by contending teams. So they're more open to using their salary for potential trades. So there's a chance that George Hill or Al Horford could be out to, like, you know, per se Miami or uh, teams that have a lot of cap space that can give us some assets. So it's a pretty big win for the Thunder, too. They can uh, start moving around players, uh, get potential big assets out of them if they can't land uh, another big agent in the 2021 free agency. So I see this as a complete win. Man, my first thought was, man, wouldn't it have been nice to have KD with Giannis's personality? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could only be so lucky. If only we knew. We were so naive. You know, what's funny is that Giannis stayed in a situation where it was worse than what OKC was with, with OKC. Over the round, I know we could have had Big Al. Yeah, <laughs> like compared to everything a lot sooner. Compared to two teams, to where they are at this point, the Bucks have the Bucks even made an Easter Conference Finals? No, I don't I think the so. last time they have it's been a while. No, they Giannis. haven't made one in the past five years at least. No, not with Giannis. And Katie made it in four and six years of OKC, including a Finals trip, and he still left that. He was on the. Yeah, he was on the cusp of going to another final. It was just for one game. So I did, and not to mention that he was getting a lot more good uh, players in next year too with Victor Oladipo and uh, Ersan Ilyasova and Al Horford. So 
just missed out on a great opportunity right there. Yeah, I'm happy for the Bucks and Giannis, but I don't know. It just left me sour thinking about <laughs> Katie's situation again. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the jealousy is overtaking me, Clemente. We got to be happy for these guys. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about wraps it up, honestly. This is a pretty short pod. Um, the fun to play the Bulls again Friday. Uh, do you expect anything different from this, from that game compared to this? Maybe we'll see, uh, you know, like Muscala and Hill. Maybe we'll get like a better understanding of what the real starting lineup is going to look like. Maybe I have a SGA and Hill and Lou Dort, Bays and Horford as a starting lineup or another shakeup there. Maybe we'll even see more players being rested too. Maybe we'll see TJ Leaf back. Uh, it beats me, but uh, we probably won't see anything too different. Yeah, I agree. We we'll- the guys, the starters probably won't play a ton of minutes. Uh, yeah. So it'll probably be a game where most of the game is played by, like, second, third, fourth string guys. So in for another blowout, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's nice that these games don't count against the standings, man. We already got one in, one blowout <laughs> loss. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, if you have any recommendations or advice, let us know once again. And uh, don't forget to follow our uh, Twitter account as well. B-Town, B-Down, and leave a five-star review on iTunes. Leave a review as well. Take a screenshot of it, post it in our comment section. We'll give you a shout-out on the pod. Yeah, so that includes you, uh, Chris and Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Just let it be known already, even if it's a burner account. We don't care. (laughs) Is it a guilty pleasure to uh, (laughs) be a fan of our pod? (laughs) Is it the thrill that you seek? (laughs) they're afraid to uh announce they watch any other pod other than the thunder universe podcast yeah the official welcome to the thunder podcast (laughs) the official (laughs) oh man but uh once again thank you for listening and uh we'll see you guys saturday morning with another pod following friday's game against the bulls